Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You want people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yeah. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally imagine that. <laughs> I'm no sure one, somebody's written that Quarter one too. Pounder with cheese in France? What? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, ale with cheese? Yeah. I can totally so, I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice that my, my progeny to you, a mighty Marvel beast. <laughs> <laughs> but Neil Adams is somewhere going, hmm, it's, uh, it's my time. Uh, <laughs> How do you measure success? Hey, everyone. You're listening to Superhero Speak, and I'm your host, Dave. And, J- no, J.D. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, boys and girls, John is a little under the weather this week. Don't worry, he doesn't have coronavirus. I know we joke about it every week, um, but he is—he uh, was tested. He doesn't have it. He just has a, a stomach bug. But filling in for him, we have the one and only D-Square. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great in my nerdy life. I am heavily anticipating the Final Fantasy VII remake three days away, so... I'm just trying to keep it together, as with everyone right now. That's three days away. I thought that was coming out later. Mm-mm. New. It it's April, isn't it? It is. <laughs> what is time? I, I don't right. know anymore. Right now, it means nothing. Like we are in such an infinite loop of. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, pretty much. How about you? How about you, JD? Do anything exciting this week? I built a my okay. So the four-year-old has lost his mind. Um, he went from being oh. the, the most like organized and like we were trying to like really organize and discipline, not like discipline doesn't beat him, but like give him lots of stuff to do. So he has, so he's very regimented. Well, this situation has taken everything from him and daddy's trying to paint the house and get ready to sell it when we come out of this. Mm-hmm. So he's been a little, not like not neglected, but I mean, a little less, um, a little more bored than usual. So we'll say. So mom and I went today, I braved, I went to Target, did the Target delivery thing where they actually walk stuff to your car. I got him a mini trampoline, one of those like mesh caged in ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I spent the day building it for him. Nice. I got a big one uh, out in my backyard for my kids, but no, kids are going ape shit right now. Yeah. My son is 11 and there is a confirmed case in my town. So at this point we're like, okay, no more kids no more outside with all the other kids. And yeah, I mean, I'm like, listen, here's game pass, do whatever, you know, please just don't go insane, but it's still, it's no good. It's not working. So, so my daughter has twin two year olds. So mm-hmm. who, the, who she normally takes for a walk every day to somewhere yeah. to keep them busy. And you know, she's not doing that. She's also pregnant. So she's being even more careful <laughs> about going out. And, um, like that's funny. My my one granddaughter said her first sentence the other day. Oh, that's cool. Nice. She went nice. she went to the door, put her hand on the door handle, looked at my daughter and said, "We go out now." Oh. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was uh, bittersweet because you know she 
understood enough to put a sentence together, but the answer was mm-hmm. no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. It was also, uh, like really cold that day. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's tough. I can't, you know, luckily my son is 17 and sits and plays video games all day. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what I'm like with my 11 year old. Like, no, be that. It's okay. Uh, but he, he, as much as he likes video games, he still likes going outside. I mean, I'm blessed with that, to be honest with you. So it doesn't uh, turn out <clears throat> more like me. Uh, but <laughs> yes, it's, it's tough, man. There's a lot of like kids. It's it's real rough on them. Oh yeah. Though um, I'm going out more than my son. I'm still going on my walks. I'm down another two pounds, so good for you. Absolutely. Yeah, right you know, um, I saw an, a meme. It was, of course, you know, Chris Hemsworth normal without his shirt on, and <laughs> and then uh, uh, Fat Thor next to each other, and it's like everyone's coming out of this uh, quarantine one of two ways. <laughs> Take your pick. <laughs> <sighs> I got my eating habits in check. Like I'm not snacking. Um, as much, and if I do, I usually have a piece of fruit. You know, I'm spending, it's real crazy that I can't leave them. Like, we can't leave the house, but I'm not really leaving the house too often, so I'm spending significantly less money than I had before. Which is good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, gas, money, everything. Yeah. I haven't filled up my gas tank in like three weeks. Yeah. It's crazy. That's one of the things, too, though, it, 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 it gets me is, I mean, of course, um, we all are inundated with the ads now on TV where they're all, all these companies are saying how they're here for us. Uh, it makes me sick. But the worst is <laughs> one of the worst ones I saw, uh, and I just noticed it like today or yesterday was the Home Depot and talking about, well, if everyone home, your appliances are going to take more of a beating and, and washers are on sale. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, you're all at home. You're probably, you know, let's be, let's be honest. You're probably not changing your clothes as much as you did. Um, yeah. in fact, there's probably days where you go just wear your pajamas all day at this point. You're probably actually not doing as much laundry. <laughs> so I'm yeah, a work from sure. home vet. I'm a work from home veteran. I make it a, uh, an effort to put pants on every day and shower and, and do things. Otherwise I feel like I'm not contributing to society. You're not. So, but that's fine. Uh, but I know I'm not, but I at least want to trick myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Oh, all right. Wear pants, everyone. That's my advice. <laughs> Wait. I mean, I'll put sweats now. on. <laughs> I'll sweats give are, you that. Sweats are one step away from just surrender. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's talk a little bit about our ongoing contest of nerd madness. Um, we've had our third and fourth matchups for movies this week and uh of course we had uh i'm gonna say it wrong again midsomar midsomar against uh spider-man homecoming or i'm sorry spider-man far from home um you guys have a guess on on who took that one (laughs) (laughs) i'll just say that i the guy who did the brackets did them correctly yes so of course well this is this was closer than i thought it would be uh deeper in the tournament man the matchups get closer uh, Spider-Man Far From Home at 61.5%. And of course, that leaves, uh, Midsommar at 38.5. And, uh, we had a couple of comments on it. Uh, Ghosts in the Stratosphere said Midsommar was 
the worst major motion picture of the 2010s. Wow. That is so not true. <laughs> I can think of at least like 15 worse films than that off the top of my head. Um, the Gorilla Brain podcast said, uh, I'll always vote against Tom. Head, head, hashtag headbutt Tom Holland. Can we banish this man? Now, okay, now hold on. Come what on, is we all know, beef with? Well, if you guys listened to our um our, our crossover podcast with the the I did not Geek World All Stars um yeah Eight Bit Ray does not oh, like Tom Holland's okay. Spider Man at all so yes there are I people do remember world, that I guess there are people in this world who don't like Joy <laughs> right <laughs> yes uh, and unfortunately he's sick this week so we have Don Finning it um. And then <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and then Pina Comics said uh, Midsommar all day. So so yeah, I mean there are definitely people who liked it, and some people just don't like Tom Holland. Um, I gave it a sympathy vote. I knew Homecoming was gonna. So I I, I gotta say I gave it a sympathy vote. All right. And then of course our our uh, other matchup was It Chapter Two versus John Wick Chapter Three. <laughs> and um. Um, not even close. John Wick takes it at seventy six point five percent. Again, a well a well seated tournament. Yes. Um, we're just I, the top season so, performing so, just as they should, and there's correct. no you know princess stories here. No, there should never be a princess or a Cinderella story, if you will. Uh, the Gorilla Brain podcast said John Wick beating it is like Tyson fighting an infant, and then some crazy guy. <laughs> named D square uh, replied with a gif of baby Yoda getting beat up by the biker scout. Lillian <laughs> uh, Sue said that she would always side with John and uh, Tyler Bickle said John wick three, of course. So there you go. Um, don't go. Don't ever go against a man who's taking revenge for his dog. Or, yeah, or or Keanu Reeves in general, I feel like just anything he's going to be involved with is just really going to be dog great. anymore. Yeah. No, I know, I know. It's about him getting out. I I get it, but. Um. Okay, our third matchup in TV. Oh wait, wait. I'm sorry. That leaves for round two for movies: Mandalorian versus Umbrella Academy. That's not a movie. Uh, that's <clears throat> not a movie. I'm sorry. That leaves Joker versus Endgame, which should be an interesting matchup, and John Wick versus Spider-Man Far From Home. We definitely have Ooh. some interesting matchups in the semifinal Here we go. round. Here we go. Now we've got TV, and of course we've give you uh, the first matchup was The Witcher versus Titans, and The Witcher takes it at 65.2% to the Titans 34.8%. And I do wonder something about this. Do more people have Netflix and have seen The Witcher than have the DC Universe online and oh, have seen Titans? I guarantee that. I don't yeah. even think that's up for debate. Absolutely. Uh, so some of the comments on this matchup, we have random Randy Savage from Colt 45 saying, uh, a gif with toss a coin to your Witcher, Valley of Plenty, oh, Valley of Plenty. Yeah, so that song that's, in general... Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, been over memed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pop Prism Power Podcast. I guess that is also from The Witcher. Is it? That GIF? I don't know. I don't recognize that GIF. And I did not see Titans. Nor did I. <laughs> so it might be a Titans GIF. 
Um, nerd Nerdy Coins said Titans is unwatchable. I believe that's Nerdicons. Nerdicons? Okay. Yeah, there is no second. <laughs> I like the Transformers. <laughs> Shane Beauregard said Got to Go Cavill here. And Lillian Sue said Draught supersedes everybody. <sighs> Those Witcher fans, man, they are hardcore. My brother's one, so, I mean, they're just, yeah, yeah they're locked in. I'm going to get it. <laughs> and uh, still going on as we record this, but uh, it is pro- we can probably call it because um, I don't think we're going to get any more votes with 28 minutes left in the matchup. Who knows? Could happen. We had uh, Watchmen versus the boys, and the boys are ahead at 52.3%. That's the Watchmen. Right 47.7%. Uh, Weak. Shake and Not Nerd said the only acceptable answer, and of course it's a gif of, um, oh, I can't think of the actor's name. Carl Urban. Carl Urban from The Boys. Uh, Lillian Sue. The Boys is brutal yet funny, uh, with, which Ziggy replied, The Boys was my fave of the year besides The Mandalorian, of course. Watchmen was epic as well, but was a slow build early on. That's true. And then Lillian Sue, yeah, The Boys ended dark for season one, which, yes. That was very dark. Um, so yeah, did you did you vote? I didn't see the numbers change at all. I just voted. <laughs> huh. Let me refresh. My vote should my vote should have more stake because I'm on the show. At least two percent. No, no, sorry, doesn't work that way. So, Bullshit. No, Bullshit. no weighted votes. Uh, all right, now anime. Our third matchup for anime. We didn't get to the fourth one yet. Who knows what the hell's going on here? Yeah, I know. Uh, we get Castlevania versus the Dragon Prince. Um, I don't know the Dragon Prince, but I will definitely say Castlevania took this probably for name recognition alone at 71.9% to 28%. Um, it is also darn good. Yeah. Have you seen the Dragon Prince? No. I'll see. So. <laughs> Literally yesterday on Twitter, Tom Taylor, the the comics writer, recommended Dragon Prince very highly. So oh, well there you I'm go. thinking about I'm thinking about giving it a shot based on that. Uh, the Gorilla Brain podcast said, unless you're fans on Patrol and you dump on it, which they did, but in fans on Patrol's defense, they uh, were talking about season three, um, which where the story changes and apparently, and they were only the first episode is very boring, so. Um, they also said Castlevania all day, baby. Uh, Lillian Sue always Castlevania, and the House of D podcast said <laughs> they'll dare dare challenge me. There you go. And, and is that uh, that's not Ducard, is it? Alucard. Alucards, yeah. Which is just Dracula backwards. We know, okay. <laughs> Did you ever see that TV, that syndicated TV show in the 1980s where they where they uh it was Dracula, but he was like a, a real estate developer. In modern day, I believe it was California, and his name was Alexander Lucard. Anybody remember that? No, I do not. It was like a, it was like on op, like with uh, Friday the Thirteenth, the series, uh-huh. and like Tales from the Dark Side. I remember both of those. I do not remember this one. Wow. I think it lasted like maybe a season. Oh, okay. But I was like nine, so I thought it was awesome at the time. Uh, which then That's how it is will give us, of course, um, we still have. Where is it? Darwin's game versus Bookworm coming up, and that leaves that the winner of that will take on Castlevania, 
And of course, we will have Demon Slayer versus Inspector uh, for round two. And then comics. Oh, you want to take this, uh, Don? I I'm sorry, I don't have it exactly in front of me. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll then I'll keep going. <laughs> um. Uh, so for our third matchup for comic books, we of course gave you Batman Damned versus Absolute Carnage. Um, I'm not surprised by this, uh, Don, but you can uh, tell me what you think. Uh, Batman Damned takes it at 59.4% to Absolute Carnage's 40.8 or 40.6. Um, yeah. Does, does that shock you at all, or? No, it it doesn't shock me because Absolute Carnage was um, certainly a cool storyline, and we learned a lot. But it didn't. The, I didn't like the ending because there really wasn't an ending. It was a continuation. Mm-hmm. So it 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 had a peak in the middle and then kind of dropped. Whereas Batman, he's the top DC property, um, having a really great run. So I I knew this would be close, but I know that just Batman alone just it commands a little bit more, uh, you know, as far as fan power and fandom over Absolute Carnage, which was good, which was really good, but the ending, eh, they didn't stick it. So yeah. I, I understand this completely. Um, Ghost of the Stratosphere seemed to echo that with by saying, I haven't read Damned, but AC was so middling. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then uh, Ziggy said Carnage was solid. So, um I don't know. I, I, I say you put Batman's penis up against anything, Batman's penis <laughs> wins every time. It is Batman's penis, let's yeah. be real. <laughs> uh, so Batman Dan will take on the winner of uh, Conan versus Power of X. And, of course, the other matchup for that round will be House of X versus Blade Runner 2019. That's what they named it Batman Dan. You know, it's like, Batman Dan! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so I know we haven't done any other ner- uh, social media madness lately, um, and, and JD and John have been grateful for that. But we got a lot of feedback on uh, just Bloodshot in general from Surprising. our interview last week. Um, so we actually even got a lot on Facebook, which we don't normally. So uh, so I'm going to read some of that. Uh, Rue Mag... Uh, uh, you know how I am with names. Uh, Rui Maga, whatever his name is. Rui, oh, just, yeah, only on. one scene to rem- remember forever. The dance of the bad guy at the beginning, Psycho Killer. The rest I forgot. Yeah, uh, I, I, I can see that. Um, then, uh, Keon, Keon Frank Sr. said, did you see this on the flash drive? Oh, okay. So he's talking to someone specific. Never mind. Um, it sounds like they stole some movies, to be yes, quite honest. Right. Yes. 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 Um, I've seen worse. Looks a bit like a plot of a pilot for a series. That was Jason Hanslip. Um, yeah. There, it, there's definitely a lot of. It's a, definitely a setup. Um, it's, not a, it's not a glowing review. Right. I've seen worse. Yeah. Uh, Paul Turner, worth a watch, but not best film in the world. Seven out of ten, but a repeat watch. Uh, so, so he kind of is agreeing with what we said. Um, you can't, you can watch it now on Cartoon HD. Interesting. I don't know what that is. Uh, and then probably some Amazon Fire Stick. Yeah. Uh, jailbroke, you know, something. And then uh, Daniel Bardanina says it was a bit meh. That's the consensus it seems. I don't, yeah. Have you seen it? Uh, Don? 
I, I haven't, but I'm, I'm familiar with the character in the comics. Obviously, you've reviewed the, the comic for the website. And he is a meh character. <laughs> yes. We talked about that I, last week. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's action-packed. It's thrilling. It, you know, it, if you want to see some guy get blown to bits, come back and kill the bad guys for justified reason, boom, there you go. So, yeah. I mean, that was real impressive, you know, back in the day, but now it's, you got Deadpool and all, you know, so. Characters with personality. Right. Yeah. Um, on Twitter, Random Randy Savage said, I was debating on paying to the fee to watch it at home. I can recreate the theater experience. To which Joey DiCarlo of the uh, So Wizard podcast responded, a cheaper way is to take a dump and look at it in the toilet cool. afterwards. Uh, to which random Randy Savage replied, I always do that and see Guy Pierce. The problem with Joey DiCarlo is he never really expresses what's on his mind. No. It's always very, it's always very colloquial and mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love Joey. He's a straight shooter. Um, Gigi Ruiz said, I expected so little, but was pleasantly surprised by how good it was. It has a couple of good twists that keep you guessing. Also like that they kept Vin Diesel's character from being either only a victim or a hero. And Isa Gonzalez is a star in the making. I mean, I guess. It's the most positive thing I've heard about this film yes. from anyone. I guess uh, if you go in expecting crap and it's not total crap, you come out okay. And then Rocket Comics said, I thought it delivered Definitely worth seeing in the theater. Vin is never amazing, but everyone else in the film bolsters his stoic performance. It's a solid film. Great adaption of the comic. See, and that was the main reason that So Wizard didn't like it, was Vin Diesel's acting and saying he wasn't strong enough to carry a movie. So no, I, dis- I still disagree that Vin yeah. Diesel isn't strong enough as a character. I think he just plays the... The Dom Toretta stereotype too much and doesn't vary itself. Because I heard, like, again, I fell asleep in the movie and I'm not going to watch it again. <laughs> there's more there's more subtlety and variance in his I Am Groots than yes. I saw. Yes. So I just think it's it's his performance. It's not that he's incapable of the performance. And then uh, and then again, this, this crazy guy, uh, Timothy Jones, uh, came in and said, I really have no interest in seeing this. He should really do something about that glowing heartburn. So, so, so thanks, Tim. Yes. We, Insert sour grapes joke. Yes, here. exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, but that is enough social media madness for the week. Thank God. And here is D Square to tell you how you can find yeah. more social media madness. Enjoying the show? Want to be part of social media madness? Make sure you are following SuperheroSpeak.com, where you can find all of the show's social media links at the top of the page. While you're there, you can check out old episodes of the podcast as well as some other great content. Check the site often because we are posting some great comic reviews as well as comic book and movie news content every day. Make sure and follow us on Twitter at Superhero Speak. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. You can follow them at stars underscore geek. Geek World All-Star Podcast Network include great programs such as the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Cult 45, So Wizard, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. 
Search for hashtag GWAllStars. You will not be disappointed. Now, it's back to Dave and the boys on Superhero Speak. You don't have to say anything. It's pre-recorded. We're, we're good. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. I was confused. Oh, Don, that was perfect. That was beautiful. I love the way you deliver that every week. So on that note, boys and girls, we are going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. And we're back. We have some news to talk about, I think. Um, this was a big one. That came out this week that I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit. Of course, Marvel Comics is putting a third of their issues on pause until July. Um, I kind of I get the idea that if there's no direct market to distribute them, why make the books? Yeah. You know, if they're not selling books, they can't afford to pay people. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it, particularly with all these stay-at-home orders and stuff like. And I feel bad because I, I know I have to clear a file out. But even from that respect, like once we can actually go in and regularly buy the comics and, you know, start back up again, it's it's a shame. But I, I do understand why they're doing this. Um, you know, digital is great. But, yeah, like you said, the direct market is everything. I keep seeing a lot of people posting on social media, especially independent creators, uh Wondering if this is going to do in the comic book industry. I don't think it's going to do in the comic book industry. I do think it might do in the direct market industry, which has been on shaky ground for, God, more than a generation. Like, I think when they, when they, when comics left the newsstands and Diamond became the only distributor, it made it, there's just, it's too many, it's too many plates spinning on the little, on the little ball. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it just, it just doesn't. It's not a sustainable business mode. Like, it, I just don't see it working past this. I really don't. The Comic Cons are really don't gonna kill. Uh, that that's where a lot of the local comic book shops make money mm-hmm. with their collector inventory um, or their pop inventory. And so I know my local comic book shop, you know, every weekend basically packs up half their shop and goes on the road. And so they don't have that. The retail side's not running, you know, like it should. Um, so yeah, I mean that that that's killing them too, alongside of this distribution problem and now creation problem, since the creators themselves are gonna throttle it down. Um, we're just obligated. We're gonna have to help it come back. I mean, that's really what we're gonna have to do. Is hopefully more of them survive than not, and those that do survive, we're just I don't know. We're gonna have to drop some money and get them back. Uh, to a place where they can be sustainable because it is it, it's a it's a declining industry and it's already having a tough time right yeah and that's the whole thing of any kind of declining industry when something like this comes along it, it's not a it's not a good thing it's not a uh, it's not a shot of adrenaline in the system as it were um, mm-hmm. yeah so I agree like if you guys are fans of the books and physical books versus digital when you're allowed to go out again make sure you run to your local store and pick some books up and get them going again um so here's a little bit of a follow-up something that we talked about before of course black widow uh did not have a release date they have now announced that uh black widow's release date will be november 6th of this year um they've also pushed their mulan to july 24th which originally belonged to jungle cruise so that got pushed back an entire year 
to uh, July 30th of next year. And they also pushed back, um, what you call it, Doctor Strange 2 uh, to later next year. So, man, I'm, you know, I, I've been thinking about it, about how, you know, we just had Endgame, which I just rewatched, by the way. Mm-hmm. And dear Lord, is that a great movie? Um, <laughs> I still get chills at Avengers Assemble. Even if it's one o'clock in the morning and I'm just trying to finish the movie, that stuff happens. And I'm just anyway. Um, but the fact that this all happened kind of in the middle of a lull and when they're really with Black Widow trying to restart back everything so we can build back to that point again. Um, it's just when we're finally allowed to go back though, I think it's only going to help these movies. I think they were otherwise going to have mediocre performance in comparison to Endgame and Infinity War and Homecoming. But I don't know if since it's all being pushed back and when we're finally able to go see this stuff and it's releasing. I, you know, I think that it's going to come roaring back. It's like, I, I agree. It's almost like they planned it. I don't know. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I fully agree. Like, especially if this lasts throughout even midsummer or, or beginning, you know, end of summer, let's say August. Um, hopefully it's not that long, but we'll see. Um, yeah. Like come November, the black widow, if it was only going to make, 500 million, I think we'll make a billion dollars now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think people are going to be real excited to go to the theater again when we have the option. It might be like, I do think theaters come out of this in a better place than comic book stores because the theaters can't offer a unique experience. Right. Yeah. You know, like a communal experience that I think people are missing right now. So I do. I get it. You got to push these movies back or else you're going to get killed on what you spent on it. So this is the right this is the right call. And plus, I think I think most movies are still under freeze. Like I think everything's like stopped working. Yeah. So you got to push stuff like Doctor Strange is probably they can't do anything with it right now. So that makes sense to push that back a little bit. And again, I think it's I think it's the right time for this. Like as far as like Marvel goes, because like I don't know, it doesn't seem like people are super fired up for the Black Widow movie. So if you are going to take a pause, maybe this is the time to do it. Yep. This is true. Side yeah. note: is, is Jungle Cruise a remake of The African Queen? The old Humphrey Bogart movie? I know nothing of this, and I'm looking at the article you sent. Uh, as far as I know, it's based on the ride from... Oh, God, another one of those movies? Okay. Yes, you know, like <laughs> The Haunted Mansion, or I can't think of any of the other ones. Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean, which... Surprisingly worked. Yes, that was the only one. Uh, yeah. Because people are just infatuated with pirates. At least they were, like, True. 10 years ago. It seems to have cooled off. Yeah, there you go. That movie's old. People don't really God, I'm old. Movies. <laughs> yeah okay uh the uh you guys are still both younger than me so yeah always will be oh, oh. moving on <laughs> moving on um <laughs> one thing that movies can still do is work in pre-production um like getting writers and whatnot and of course they are going to be making an ant-man 3 and um sorry john caston who is one of the right i'm sorry I'm sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm reading the wrong line. Uh, Jeff Loveness, who is one of the writers of Rick and Morty, uh, will be writing Ant-Man 3. Uh, so definitely it's going to be a comedy. Hey, he's done some comics, too. Like, he's uh, not a ton, but he's done a bunch of work for Marvel. So this it's is a going, It's going to be glorious. <laughs> yes. I mean, just with all the weird stuff they do with Ant-Man, I can't wait. And, I mean, I can't believe... If you would have told me 20, 25 years ago, hey, little 
Hey there, little D. You're gonna like Ant. You're gonna be excited about an Ant Man movie someday. I would have never believed you, but I'm <laughs> all about it. A Scott Lang Ant Man movie on top of that, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. Not Hank Pym, Scott Lang. Yeah, right. Uh, no. And it's gonna be played for the for the boy by the boyfriend in Clueless. I'd call you a liar on all of this. Oh my god. <laughs> I'd be like, great. At least the guy that hit his wife's not gonna be the star, but still, oh, Ant Man. It's Hank Pym. Right. Yeah, and uh, that's how they brushed over all of it, by starting with Scott Lang. Um, yeah. It's not a bad move. No. Not, the whole thing works. And, and then Paul Rudd, right. Well, that's the thing. Paul Rudd makes it work. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You get the right actor, the right character. I don't care if we start with Guy Gardner, Green Lantern. It'll work. I, I maintain that the whole reason the MCU works is because Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man was a revelation. Like, if it's the wrong, if the wrong guy gets cast in that role, we're not, we might not be having this conversation right now. Yeah. I agree. This is true. The, the whole MCU is built on his back. Um, oh, and of course, I don't. I think we announced this on the show before. I think this is old news, but of course, Peyton Reed is also back as director uh, for Ant Man. So, um, you know, I was very against Peyton Reed making this in the first place because I really wanted to see what Edgar Wright could do because Edgar Wright's such a visionary. Right. But Peyton Reed just clicks with this man. Like Ant Man Two is a perfectly fine movie, and Ant Man One is freaking awesome so i'm good with all this he fits cool all right so i had accidentally mentioned john Caston. um Kasdan. Kasdan, yes no he is uh he has confirmed that i mean this he confirmed something that everybody already knew nobody is working on a sequel for solo uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> no one is wanting to waste money on um i know there's lots of people who argue uh Release at the wrong time, off of the coattails of a Star Wars movie that made people unhappy. Um, no, they just didn't do it right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with, yeah, 100%. Yeah, we didn't need, we didn't need to know the origin of his last name. We didn't, you know, like. No, not at all. Yeah. Show um, me, show me how, how you got your, your life debt, you know, from Chewbacca and. Right. You know, have those dice matter. Yes. That was the worst part. I always thought the dice were what he used to win the Falcon. Right, exactly. It wrote itself. But yeah, they 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 just didn't use that. It's oh, he just had him in his his car. Like that doesn't even make sense. They're aliens. They're not humans. Like yeah, they don't hang fuzzy dice anyway. They're just an obscure thing that I remember noticing as a kid, and it's like oh, now it makes sense. He won the Falcon with that. No, my biggest issue with that movie was that Alden Alden Emmerich had no had no presence or bravado like like Harrison Ford. Like, if that wasn't a solo movie, maybe I'd feel better about it, maybe. But there's nothing about that guy made me think of Harrison Ford. And you can say, well, he's trying to bring his own spin to it. But it's like, well, I don't want that. Like, that's not what Han Solo is. Yeah, that is that is very true. And more. So, moving on to another piece of Star Wars news. This has me concerned. Uh, Joby Harold, who is one of the uh, producers, was it? Yeah, of uh, uh, Edge of Tomorrow is going to write the Obi-Wan series. I keep hearing so many different stories about this series. Um, I keep wondering if it's actually going to happen or if it's all just conjecture. It really really does seem up in the air. Um, We keep getting reassurances, but then we keep getting these changes. I don't know. I'm with you and your anxiety about it, and I really want it to happen. I love Obi-Wan. Right. Yeah. Particularly with the actor. That's another 
character actor combination that just I think it works. I think back to um I believe it was the early two thousands and you would hear every other month a different actress being cast as Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And you found out the reason um that was happening was because Warner Brothers wanted the actress to be in movie X, so said, Oh well we'll cast you as Wonder Woman if you do this movie. Mm. So it was like a carrot they would dangle and they kept doing it even though they had no intention of making a Wonder Woman movie at that time. But everyone thought yeah. they were going to because everyone and their mother at some point was cast to play her. Um They are so shitty. <laughs> so it's funny you talk about the we were just mentioned how Alden Eimerick didn't quite work as Han Solo, whereas Ewan McGregor acts a lot like and he said that when he was doing his performance, he was taking a lot from Alec Guinness. Right. Mm-hmm. Because Alec Guinness created a character. When you're creating a character, when you've created a character, you want to step into that a little bit more so than making it your own. I do think Ewan McGregor does make him his own a little bit, but you feel like this is the same guy. Right. Yes. Like the entire time. Whereas with Solo, they never felt like the same person at all. No, no. And there's actually, I do think you see a journey with Obi-Wan in the first, in the prequel. Like, you do. Take, love him or hate them, there's definitely a journey for that character. And you see how he went from a Padawan to the guy who was like, okay, Luke, you've got to learn the ways of the Force and come to me with Alderaan. Like, you can see that journey, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and yeah, I, I want to see this. I want to fill in those blanks. Like, what was going on on Tatooine for all those years? Um, was he hiding yeah. in a cave to protect Luke all those times? Did was other... he sheltering in place? <laughs> uh, he was actually from COVID-19. Ooh. He knew. He knew. Um, of course, the random person would come by and try and fight him. But, um, yeah. El Sherrod Het. The uh, sand uh, sand person Jedi, interesting character. Later became Darth Krayt. Him and Obi Wan kind of tangled a little bit, but but yeah, that's the sort of stuff I want to hear about. Because that's no longer canon, but could be. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it, 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 well, he's in the uh, Star Wars Legacy uh, series with like Luke Skywalker's great grandson, Cade Skywalker. I read one so, issue of that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, and it's cool. He's got that you know use uh, on Vaughn armor. Because the Yuzon Vong had him for a while, but they ended up like respecting because he could take all their stuff, and so he like had their armor. Anyway, good stuff. Huh. But you could have all sorts of great Obi Wan stories, Star Wars stories in general. But I Obi Wan is awesome. Yeah. No. All right. So we're all for it. We're hoping that that they get their act together. I mean, of course, they can't start filming anything anyway, even if they get the script written tomorrow. But Hopefully but once all this clears, yes. hit that print, hit that print money button. Go ahead, <laughs> press it. Um, speaking of things clearing, so this I brought this uh, uh, article in because I believe this is an interesting topic of discussion. Um, San Diego Comic Con, of course, the biggest uh, nerd event of the year, uh, it is Nerd Mecca, uh, has made an announcement on their Twitter that they are, as of right now, they are still planning to go ahead. Uh, with their July 1st and 2nd, uh, their, their July dates for San Diego Comic-Con this year. Um, There's no freaking way. Yeah, I think that's very positive uh, thinking on their end. I think it's going to be highly controversial so, if they do it, which may be why they do it. So, so, so exactly. It brings up two points. Um, one, 
let's even say by the end or by by the end of May or yeah we'll we'll, get, we'll we'll say at the earliest at the end of May you know it looks like we're in the we're completely in the clear I'm not saying that's going to happen I'm saying let's just say it does how long before people actually will want to gather in big groups like that I don't know I don't think I want to until there's a vaccine quite honestly or at least some type of a that's, treatment that's going to be the linchpin is do is there a vaccine and you're not going to have one for a year like I talked to, it's funny. I've got a, my friend Russell Nolte who who makes his living um, doing these shows. Mm-hmm. Has pretty much said he's not doing, he can't do a show for at least a year. Like he's he's of the belief that this isn't going to happen, mm. and I kind of agree. But a lot of the people who work these things are like, there's no way, there's no way I'm doing this. There's no way because yeah. like there's a, there's you guys know con crud. Con crud is a thing. Uh-huh. Now imagine con crud that can kill you. <laughs> I'm 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 with you 100%. Um, I think it's irresponsible. I get I get I get them pushing because this is a huge moneymaker. I understand. So uh, Pat Shan, comic book writer for um, uh, uh, Robin Hood, um, he's 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 done a lot of different stuff uh, in comics. He actually posted something on his social media that he thinks all cons should cancel for the rest of the year. I would not be surprised if that doesn't happen. So, that, I mean, that got me thinking because I, I agree. But, like, again, my point was New York Comic Con's in October. We have no idea where things are going to be in October. And there's a lot of money and coordinating that goes into these things. Mm-hmm. So to cancel now, and, again, if it clears up by May and everyone's happy, if and there's a vaccine by by October, I'm not saying there will be, um then and they canceled already then they kind of just threw all that money away you know and and like you said there are people who are dependent on these cons to make money so i don't know it's 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 tough i like like that's the whole thing is to be completely honest with you of course our big show every year is new york comic-con and even if it's cleared up by then i'd be hesitant to go into the um the, the Javits Hospital, the Javits, the currently Javits Hospital. It's like, wait, not only, not only was New York hit the worst with this virus, they turned the Javits Center into a hospital, so it was filled with people with this uh, virus. Like, yeah, and I, you're, are we going to trust the workers to clean that and sterilize it once they're done? Well, I think you, I think those are the people you can trust. To be honest with you, the people yeah. like who are working for the cities, but like. I don't want to do it for the optics of it. Like we have that going on in McCormick Place in Chicago right now. It hasn't officially been opened yet, but McCormick, which is our equivalent to the Javits Center, it is lined up, ready to go. Yeah. And I don't. I've done a ton of work there for my for my regular job. I've been there for C two E two a bunch. I was gonna go there for the AEW pay per view, which I didn't get to go to. But I mean, like I don't. I don't want to go. Like and I, you know me, I like going to wrestling shows. I love going out. Like I love going to comic cons, and I just. Man, it's gonna take a while for me to get myself like I don't want to use a stupid term. I don't want to use a term like PTSD because I think I downplays PTSD. But there is like a little bit of like fear. Yeah, and there's going to be for a while, definitely. Yeah, I don't feel I don't feel comfortable. Like I went to Target. I told you I went to Target today. And I didn't leave my car, and I'm staring at two girls trying to load this like trampoline in my trunk. It's just it's bad right now, man. I get what they're trying, but I just I think that's super optimistic. And maybe not real. Real. Yeah. No, and I honestly think even if 
even if best case scenario everything clears up and and nothing happens um and these cons go on you're going to get you know a quarter of the attendance that you've gotten at these shows in the past which just blows the question is it worth it then financially yeah no that's a good question i don't know i mean if you've already sold the tickets i guess it doesn't matter but they that tickets haven't gone on sale for for it yet i don't think i know new york it hasn't so yeah Especially this week, too, because this is supposed to be the week where things really – I don't want to use – how do I say this? This is the week a lot of people are supposed to die. So I think that, like, putting yes, like, they, these they, overly optimistic things out this week is like, mm, now, is, this, is this the time? Now, now hold on. The reason they're saying that – how do you put it? You can't put a good spin on this. But <laughs> the reason they're no. saying that is that they think we're we're at the, the peak of the curve and it will be flattening out at this Correct. point. Correct. Correct. But, but that well, means but, that's where you get the most deaths is when you're at correct. the peak of that's, the curve. <laughs> correct. Correct. This, is this the week to tell everyone, by the way, we're still going to have Comic-Con? No. No, it's not. No, that's you're right. right. Like, maybe in a Mass month. Graves, Comic-Con. Mass <laughs> Graves, Comic-Con. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just like, it seems like, it seems tone deaf to have that announcement, like, now. However, I've heard the lines for Hall H will be really short this year. Oh, oh. oh God. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. Um, breaking news: oh. <laughs> uh, the the poll for um, the boys versus Watchmen has finalized, and the boys still took it fifty one point nine to forty eight percent. So they squeaked by Watchmen. Sorry, sorry, JD. It's whatever. <laughs> I'm a surprise. Yeah, me too. I guess that's our Cinderella story: is the boys. Mm-hmm. I'll have to see how they do in the next round. Um, so the other thing who that, are they facing? What? Who are they facing? Do you know? Uh, hold on, let me bring the email up again real quick. They will face Witcher. Yes. Ooh, that'll be an interesting oh. one. That is a good one. You get those five, these elite eight matchups, man. Things get intense. Yes, very intense. Um, you know, when you can't afford a house, you have to live in tents. Um, so. <laughs> So to, so in our promise to bring you something new and weird and different um, this week, uh, we had said we were going to watch Onward and give you guys a review of it this week. And uh, I watched it. I know we all know JD watched it instead of <laughs> Bloodshot. Uh, I had to watch it three more times with the four-year-old. <laughs> um, and Don, you watched it today? I, I did. I, I did. I just finished it a mere three hours ago. Ah, so it is fresh in your mind. It is. Uh, it is. All right, so let's go around real quick, as we always start off. Everyone give initial impressions of the movie without giving any spoilers away. And, of course, Don, will let you go first, since it's most fresh in your mind. Uh, this is something that uh, the kids uh, will enjoy, but geek dads like myself uh, will enjoy even more, and if you're a bigger little brother, you might also have an extra kick for you here. So I, I thought overall it was uh, very enjoyable and some very spot-on uh, D&D references, so I enjoyed those a lot. Cool. JD? Tears down my face at the end. I love this movie. There's one thing that prevents me from being the same way, and I'll get into if we actually talk about it. That's cool, and I'll explain why I, I get the teary stuff later. Um, but, like, yeah, tears. I adore this movie. Um, as a father and grandfather, and uh, have having seen Frozen one and two, 
<laughs> oh my god, I got two daughters, believe me. My initial impression of this movie, it's frozen for boys. Oh, I like that. It's instead of two sisters, it's two brothers. One has magic, one doesn't. They go on a journey together. Um so yeah. Yep. So that is that is, you know, so if you if you liked Frozen uh, or if you have boys and you didn't watch Frozen, I don't know why it doesn't matter um cuz it's fun for the whole family, but uh have them watch Onward then instead. Um all right, so here is where the spoilers will begin, boys and girls. So if you haven't seen Onward and you're a fan of this podcast, you probably will never watch it. Uh <laughs> No, I know there's some crossover. Um but uh, if you are planning to watch it and you don't want to be spoiled, this is where you can turn the show off because you've listened long enough for this to count as a download. All right. So, <laughs> um, so of course, the movie stars Chris Pratt and um, uh, Tom Holland. Tom Holland is the, the younger brother. Uh, shoot, I can't think of their names. Ian. 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 And, the, and Barley. Ian Barley. Yes, is, is the older brother. Um, and basically... Uh, their father passes away before Ian is born. And, uh, oh, wait, before we get to that, we live in a world, imagine if Dungeons and Dragons was real, but then we still developed technology, but had all the mystical creatures around still. And commercialism. Oh, of course. Yes. You always have commercialism. Uh, <laughs> commercialism has taken over Faerun. Imagine that. Uh, the, uh, so the father passes away before the younger brother is born. So, he grows up without a father, and then on his was it his sixteenth or eighteenth birthday? Sixteenth. Sixteenth. Okay. On his sixteenth birthday, the mother gives both the boys a gift. Said this was from your father, um, and he said to give it to you when he thought you were old enough. And of course, no one believes. Most people don't believe magic exists before, except um, uh, the older brother. God, I, Barley uh, believes. In magic, because he still plays a game that's based on the old times, which is very much like Dungeons and Dragons. And, um, it's a visitation spell. It allows the father to return for one full day so he could see the, uh, men that his sons had become. And of course, Barley tries to cast the spell. He can't do it, but Ian tries it when everyone leaves the room and was only able to bring half of them back, his legs. <laughs> Uh, they, yeah. And then so, of course, they go into a journey to finish the spell and bring him all the way back. Um, so, yeah, what was uh, let's let's start with with J.D. since you've seen it three, four times. Something like that. Uh, what was what's what was one of your favorite things about this movie? Uh, my favorite. There's a lot. There's a lot I really like about this movie. The relationship between the two brothers is fantastic. Um, my brother is probably my best friend. So, I mean, we have a, a relationship that, that kind of reminded me a little bit of this. And um, I really love the idea of um, I just love the whole idea of, of getting the, the visitation spell, the one day back. You know, um, my, I lost my mom when I was 21 and she's been on my mind a lot lately with uh, me hitting 40 this year and, you know, having the little four year old. So it's been these thoughts have been creeping in my head for most of the year with the quarantine more frequently. Mm -hmm. um, so this movie hit me right in the feels when I when I needed it. And um I just I love everything about it and the bittersweet ending. It just it, it, everything about it just worked for me and I I, I cried three times. I really did. How <laughs> you, Don? Um, yeah, I mean, just like JD, you know, I'm an I'm an older brother, uh, and so I had 
actually fulfilled a little bit of that role is kind of, you know, uh, helping them along their paths, you know, and now I do a podcast with them. Um, but I, I really enjoyed the premise. I just, I, I guess I didn't understand. And this is just me thinking too much into it. And I know this ahead of time, guys, I'm, I'm insane. That's, okay. That's why I don't watch many movies. Cause, but how did you go from, yep, this D and D world magic exists to, I don't know, you know, this, this commercialized, uh, society. Um, but okay, nonetheless, you know, that's easily explainable. We just don't know. Um, the character of Barley, I don't like as the older brother, like I, I get it. He's cool, but I don't under quite understand his archetype doesn't make sense to me. He's the D and D player, the magic, the gathering guy. Okay. I got that. But how is he then also, I've got the heavy, the eighties heavy metal, uh, band jean jacket with the patches on, um, the screw, you know, don't do well. I've got the, you know, old van with the painting on it. Like he's like those two archetypes and they it just didn't, it didn't make sense to me. Okay. Yes. This children's movies about trolls and, and everything. Um, but outside of that, I really thought they really mimicked like a D and D venture vi- uh, very well. They had the gelatinous cube in there. Like when I saw that, I was like, oh, <laughs> that was so the cool. best part, the gelatinous cube. <laughs> right. Cause it's the I one like, creature when you read it in the monster manual, I'm like, like who cares? It's a cube. What it's a gun? What's it gonna right. do? But yes, once you saw it pop out and chase them, it was like, oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I thought that was really cool. All right, so let me let me let me address address two things here, uh, Don. Um, so number one, as a person who has read read a lot of urban fantasy and uh, follows a lot of that kind of stuff um, and stories and whatnot. There's a common trope belief that, you know, magic did really exist at one point on Earth, but because once people figure out technology and you don't need magic anymore, that's what makes it go away. So that was the trope in the, in, in this mm-hmm. movie. Like it was just, to me, that was a shorthand I got right away. Uh, Barley, that was me. <laughs> okay. I am, awesome. I am Barley through and through. I'm sorry. I was the metalhead. Who also okay. played Magic the Gathering and uh and D and D as a kid. So yeah, like I, I got him right away. Like, yeah, that's me. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh not as much of Never a screw s- up, but yeah. Yeah. Never seen someone like that. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, I had the jean jacket with all the patches on it and all that. Yeah. Nice. All right. Um Yeah, no, I think I think like my probably my favorite thing was the gelatinous cube. Um, you know, it's it, it, I, I, I really enjoyed the bittersweet ending, though I did see it coming. Um, see, I did not enjoy it. I, I thought Ian got screwed. It made me mad. No, I, see, I didn't. Yeah, I, I get where Dave's coming from. I, I agree. Yeah. No, I got it. Like, it made sense to me that it was, it was Ian's hero's journey, and that was his lesson, spoiler, um, that he already had a father figure in his life, his older brother. Who didn't have a father figure in his life? Right. Who never said goodbye? Oh my God, tears. Um, yeah, right. He didn't get to say goodbye, and that's why Barley was somewhat of a screw up because of mm-hmm. the regret of not saying goodbye to his father and being afraid um, mm-hmm. of it. Like, like, yeah, it all fit to me. Like, it was. That's what I think makes it very well written. Is that that to me the whole story works um, in that aspect? Um, but yeah, so so yeah, no, I mean, definitely very good movie. Um, so what's something 
you didn't like about the movie, like that maybe got under your skin. I don't know. Um, I will start with you, Don. <laughs> well, I, you know what? That's it. That just I I was the, really upset that Ian didn't get to speak with his father. Although I did agree with the lesson. Uh, that it was, it was trying to teach us, but when I think of in the beginning of the movie, he's wearing his dad's sweatshirt, he's listening to and having a conversation with this uh, TDX cassette tape in the old boombox. So, I mean, he obviously really had, you know, some issue but, there. Yeah, I mean, that's the lesson, is that he was chasing yeah. a father figure that he was never going to have, that doesn't exist, and ignoring yeah. the father figure that was in his life. Right. Because he really oh, wants the, well, the idealized yeah. version of his father, right? He'll never, the real dad could never live up to what he's envisioned himself to be. Whereas Barley had dad and never, and never said bye to him. So like, I agree. Like I was bummed that, that Ian doesn't get to see him. And that's part of the reason I had a tear, but I got what he was going for. And I love the sacrifice that Ian makes because Ian figures out that my brother needs this more than I do. Yeah, I do get that. I do get that. I, I don't know. I'm always I don't know, like screwed. Tony Stark. There's always a there's always a solution. Get out of the no, rubble. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right though. He does get screwed, and that's part of the. Uh, it's got a nice little fairy tale thing with me, because like sometimes people get fucked in fairy tales. Sorry, Dave. Sometimes people get screwed <laughs> in fairy tales, and I think Ian definitely kind of kind of gets the, the short end of it. But I think he does it for a purpose of sacrifice because like so much of his brother's life has been to take care of him. And this is his chance to kind of pay his brother back. And it is bittersweet, but yeah. I do think it works. I'm glad they didn't force, which I thought they were going to do. I'm glad they didn't force the centaur to become the real father figure. Mm-hmm. They just yeah. kind of let that be more for mom than for the boys. So I'm okay with that. Cause I felt like when I felt that coming, I thought it was going to be, they didn't do enough work to build it up. And I'm glad they didn't go where I thought they were going to go. Did you think he was going to, like, throw his hat off and have, like, the flowing Fabio hair and start? No, I didn't until then. That made me chuckle. <laughs> I laughed. That was a nice little final laugh. Um, one thing I didn't I – don't, I don't know if I didn't like or I didn't get, but one thing that I had a hard time with is how much time has passed since this age of magic. Because, like, when, when it really – what I noticed it the most was the Manticore. Like, how yeah. old is she? How old is she? Right. Cause she's the one who actually had these grand quests that nobody remembers being real. So is she, is she immortal? If they, if she is and they say like, yes, she's immortal, then I can accept that. And that, right. that she's had to change to adapt to this new world. I'm okay with it. I think I would personally, I would rather have that be a manticore descendant where they have to do something that like her great great grandmother had to do. That would make more sense for me as far as timelines go. But if you tell me she's, she's immortal, I can, I can accept it, but I just didn't feel like they told me one way or the other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's nitpicky. It's it's incredibly nitpicky. So I won't, I won't take it. I won't say it. The, yeah. Oddly enough, my five year old didn't have didn't have any of these questions. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um. Well. Okay. So so again, as somebody who who loves Dungeons and Dragons and urban fantasy and all that, there are many mis- mystical creatures that live for hundreds of years. And then the question you need to ask yourself is, um, when did uh, um, Edison? I know not Edison didn't invent it, but when did he? Commercialize the light bulb, electric light for the house. Yeah. Early 1900s, I couldn't tell you the year off the top of my head. Right. So 200 years ago? 100. Oh, yeah, early 1900s. 100. So 100 years ago. Look at how the world has progressed since then. For sure. Right. So, I mean, like, you could sit there and say it was 100 years. You could say it was even 200 years since the age of magic, you know? No. I just wanted a number. But I can accept it. Maybe it's because I'm not... This is not a this is not a familiar world to me. Right. 
So yeah. that's why I accepted a lot of things. But like, um, like the gelatinous cube, it just made me laugh because it sounded funny. I didn't know that was a real thing. <laughs> you know, so a lot of that stuff. Oh yeah, it's a real thing. Me. And then you're like, I'm gonna go hit it with my metal sword. And then you do, and it, you know, you're a level three party, and now you're all dead, or your equipment at least is all gone. Gelatinous. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, I can appreciate it, but I just don't know it. Like, I, like I, I, I like it. But I don't. I, I can't. I can't like. Like I, I appreciate that the, the Manticore was also very detailed um, and incorrect, and the fact that they chose a Manticore and not um, some other, you know, easier monster, and then yeah, she actually had a scorpion tail, and yeah. uh, actually used it at one point, which was funny. I mean, they could easily they could have easily used an elf for that. Yeah, you know, and it, and Octavia Spencer is fantastic playing her. She's a damn treasure. Yes, yeah, All absolutely. Right. Um, so so the only issue I don't have an issue with the movie per se. I have an issue with, and it's something I wanted to discuss about this movie is the weird controversy about it. There's a controversy. <laughs> Yes. There's always a controversy. I don't I, I'm unaware of this, Dave. Please, like, educate me. So there were, um, you know, um, how do I, how do I say this nicely? Um, bigoted, I mean, ultra conservative Christian groups yeah. who were trying to say ban the movie because one of the main characters is gay. Who's gay? You missed um, it. You see, yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah. It's a, you blink and you miss it moment. It was one of the police officers was a woman, and she says, my girlfriend. Yep. Men over my head, completely. And you watched it four times. Yes, and I wouldn't call her a main character. She obviously was in two scenes, and it was a she was a very minor character. And I have an, I have an argument about that, too. What species was she? How do we know that her species is nothing but female? So they have no problem with the centaur. With the with the mom, who I don't know what I don't know what a goblin troll. I don't know what they're considered really. Right. Whatever the main humanoid race is, but the lesbian character, I <laughs> ridiculous. Isn't it, isn't it funny where they draw the line? Yes. Yeah, hey, listen, I'm Christian. Okay. You're ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I I just I I I, I kept because I didn't I I only I never read the articles about it. I just saw the headlines and and. Saw them trying to make a big deal about it, and um, I'm watching the whole movie the whole time, like trying to figure out what what were they talking about, what are they talking about. And then when I heard her say that, I'm like, really? That's it? Like that's where and yeah. that's where you want to draw a line? Like who cares? Like I hear that do, all the time. Why, and, why do gay people have to be invisible too? Like why do we have to like not put them in any type of culture right. whatsoever? Like that's so, that's so disheartening. And it wasn't even in like the, it's not even in your face. It was just, yep, right. this is life. Boom. Okay. Yes, exactly. No, if totally Westboro just... Baptist Church still exists, you've got something way more serious to worry about than a character in a cartoon. I'm just Real. saying. Yeah, I mean, I think there's this this weird um, uh, belief still that you know Disney's still supposed to be the pure thing for children or whatever, and it's just like. No, it's a reflection. They, they, I mean, yes, they still are, but they're also, you know, they they try to reflect things that are in real life. You know, um, yeah, I so, don't know. 
we got this, we got this, um, these little five minute stories, this big, like hardbound book. It's like five minute Disney stories. And I'm flipping through it today, looking for uh, one to read Andy before nap time. And he picks, um, uh, Sleeping Beauty because there's a dragon. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, okay. So I read it to him and he digs it. But as I'm reading it, I'm like, boy, oh boy, this is, uh, you couldn't get away with this type of story now where it's literally the main character has no, no, um, <sighs> The main character just sleeps through the, the, the second third of the story, yeah. right? And you rely on you rely on just some dude to come in who has no character development of your own, by the by, and like it just it it's, it comes off so dated because it is it's a product of its era. Yes, but it just made me it just made me like sit and think about how much more complex children's stories are today and better, quite frankly. Because I'll be honest with you, right? Having read Sleeping Beauty to him kind of sucks. Yeah, no, and I and I agree with that in the sense of. Like, um, and, and I've had this conversation with lots of people who are early educators and whatnot. Like, there's a, there's a tendency, there was a tendency for a long time to talk down to children. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it's a children's story, that kind of thing. And it's like, you don't want to do that anymore. You want to talk at their level, you know? Mm-hmm. That, and there's, there's a huge difference in that. And that's, I think what Disney is trying to do today, you know, I mean, now look at Frozen, you know, their most popular movie in a long time. And it's it's not a damsel in distress anymore. It's a story of two sisters going on an adventure together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the prince is the bad. The, the prince charming's freaking evil. Yes. Yeah, it yeah. works. I mean, that's it's such better storytelling. Yeah. You're seeing those older ones, Snow White, you know, Cinderella um, with my girls. They they don't even, you know, the the earliest ones they like are Little Mermaid and then Beauty and the Beast. And even those are going to go by the wayside because those two stories are still, like, man-dependent. Oh, yeah. Um, but certainly they like the more, the uh, the Moana, Frozen, you know, Rapunzel. Um, so, yeah, Disney goes with the time. Mm-hmm. And that, that's all there is to it. I mean, let's face it. I mean, if you're Christian... Well, Walt Disney was Jewish, so uh, I, I so yeah, they're making dumb assumptions there, but they're, they're going to go with the times, and they're better for it. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I will also say, well, uh, go ahead. Old people give great advice, but sometimes they give really stupid advice <laughs> because they don't account for this. I was told when I was young, video games aren't worth anything. You'll never be able to make money with video games. Great advice, shithead. Shit, now I, I got to talk my kids out of, like, no, man, you should wrestle. And they say, well, I want to be a professional gamer because I can make this. And I got to go, <laughs> are you really that good? I mean, like, it's, you can make a lot of money playing video games now. Yes. Like, there's a, there's a, there's a path to life if you're really good. Like, But you have to be really no, good. Well, it's like football. Like, there's no difference between that and playing in the NFL. Like, you got to be really good at pro football. Yeah. Football to get a shot in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's no different, really. No, that's true. And you can, I think you can, uh, no, that's not true either. I was going to say, you think you can develop the skills to um, play video games more than you can develop. You have to have some natural talent, I think, with sports. I, you, I think you have to have natural talent with video games, too. Like, yeah. I can't, I suck, I'm freaking terrible. I suck at video games. You've got to have a tenacity to grind, like, to do it for, like, eight hours a day, like it's an actual job. Oh, yeah. yeah, I couldn't do it. And I can't do that anymore. Now, back in the day, I could have done that. And if I would have any clue that you could do what you could do today, oh, yeah. I would have maintained <laughs> my trajectory. Definitely. Um, but old people stirred me wrong. 
that's why I don't lecture my children too much about because stuff changes, guys. Yeah, the world's a the world's a constantly evolving place. The only thing that is constant is change. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, the other thing I was gonna say that um, I won't say that I I I hated it because I kind of understand why they went that way with the character. Um, but as a stepfather, I didn't like the way they treated the stepfather. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I can see that in the movie. Um. But yeah, I mean, I, but I understand why they did the ca- because they wanted it to be about um, the boy's journey uh, to meet their biological father and, and and whatnot. So I can appreciate that, but you know, a stuff. I thought he was a use. I thought he was a useless character. I didn't even understand why he was in the movie. I so that he could. I think he's in the movie specifically so the police chasing him haven't have a vested interest. Yes. Yeah. Haven't. Gotcha. Haven't thrown him in the clink or something right right he he's a plot device he is he is a plot device through and through exactly like because without him why do the cops chase two uh runaway teenagers you know like that they Mm -hmm. don't um yes it just he, he he his presence keeps the story moving at a pace yes yeah um does anyone have a favorite character in the movie i like tom holland Ian's character. His character. Ian's yeah. character. I do. I can see that. He's he's he is the one who has the hero's journey. He's mm-hmm. the one who learns the lesson. Um, he's got an everyman quality about him. Like he, he very Peter Parker ish. Yeah. Which Tom, which is totally why he gets that role is because he was Peter Parker, the best Peter Parker. I don't care what anyone else on another podcast says. Um, <laughs> like so, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed his performance. I I like that kid in whatever he's in. He's awesome. How about you, Don? You have a favorite character? I, you know, in the be- in the beginning, I didn't. But by the end of the movie, uh, particularly at the point at which he sacrifices his van, Barley it did grow on me uh, very much. So, uh, and so, I, I I would say Barley, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Even though I am Barley, my favorite <laughs> character is Guinevere. <laughs> yeah, she sacrifices herself. Yep. So the boys can continue their journey. So, um, I mean, of course, isn't it weird that unicorns are cats in this movie and dragons are dogs? Dragons are dogs. It's awesome. <laughs> it's freaking awesome. <laughs> you know the what? dirty unicorns. I didn't even like. I I realized they were they were going somewhere with them with that, but I like I just made that connection. Yes, that makes sense now. <laughs> I thought they were either cats or, or raccoons the first time. I yeah, saw. They, raccoons, they could, right? Yeah. But you no, convince me that. I, 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 no, I, I think cats works better. No, I, I agree. I agree. It's that's what I really like. And again, I don't have the firm background D and D like you guys do. But I mean, like I see the the parallels they've done to make it like our world. Like, and it's it took it's quite a bit of creativity to make those parallels. Like, I really enjoyed it. Like they used the kids menu to as their as their map. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's so. Yeah. That's so cool. No, well, no. and then Barley protecting history, like at the beginning of the movie, you don't quite get it. But then by the end of the movie, you're like, well, geez, the kid was right. Like he's got this bad rap, but he's he's correct. He's like a misunderstood wizard in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like yeah, crazy guy. No one ever listened to him. And then he's yeah, he's right about everything. He literally was right about everything. And again, Chris Pratt is probably the best person to play a character like that. Agreed. Yeah. His, his overall abundance of enthusiasm yep. is perfect for a character like this. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it is. It is very good. And um, I didn't realize that the mother was uh Julia Louise Dreyfus at first. 
I had to stop the movie because we watched it on Prime. And when you hit pause, it shows you who's in the movie in that specific scene. What an awesome thing, by the way. Oh, so wow. I, it's really cool. So I hit pause and because like, the voice was getting me and I couldn't spot it. And yeah, Julie Louis-Dreyfus playing a mom. She's great. Yeah, I mean, I got it right away because um, I put TBS on during the day while I'm working, that background noise, and Seinfeld's on in the mornings. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm like, oh, my God, it's Elaine. Um, right. So, yeah, it's um, it was yeah, it was good. Um, all right. So any anything else about the movie that uh, you think any aspects of it that we didn't cover that uh, you think made it such a good movie? I just think it's that Pixar thing, man. Yeah. Like they just they have they break down. It's funny having Disney Prime, you're able to really go back and like study Disney films and like. Pixar has far less hits than they do misses. Like, they, they rarely do their storytelling wrong. And, like, this is just another. Like, unfortunately, because of the circumstances, I fear this movie is going to get kind of swallowed up because it's not going to have that long box office. Right, right. So I think I fear this movie kind of gets forgotten about a little bit. But it's it's really good. And I hope I hope because of uh, they put it to plus so soon that it's able to find an audience. I agree. Well, I, I know my kids enjoyed it, uh, and Pixar, I mean, not only do they make great stuff, but at last, I mean, my kids were born, at least my daughters were born well after Toy Story, yet it is a regular occurrence to watch all four at this point uh, on Disney+, Plus and uh, just quality stuff, and this is uh, another quality entry. But um, I'm with J.D., it might get swallowed up a bit by everything else. Yeah. No, I mean, I think... I think the movie is brilliant. I think the idea that they take um, the the world of Dungeons and Dragons basically and use that as a shorthand, um, so then you get humor like the gelatinous cube, which is <laughs> uh, funny to anyone who's ever played Dungeons and Dragons, um, and it's still funny even if you haven't, because apparently JD thought it was funny as well. It sounds funny, gelatinous cube. <laughs> um, but yeah, like. Like that was brilliant, and then they were able to build a story that appeals to a large audience. So, all right, um, I know you hate doing this, JD, but let's go around real quick and and give a rating, one out of ten, and uh, our final thoughts on the movie. And we'll start with you, JD, since you hate doing this. Thanks, <laughs> uh, No, I love I love this movie. I would not have gone to the theater to see it. Again, my little guy's a little too young to be sitting in movie theaters still. And uh, this is something that uh, I caught mainly because of the timing. Like, I, there's a chance I would not have seen this for another four or five months, and I'm really, really glad I did. I, I, I love this movie. It's really good. Uh, I highly recommend it to anybody that loves a good story. I'm going to go uh, nine wands. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Got to keep the gimmick going. Yes, you do. Don? Yeah, I'm going eight out of uh, eight out of ten capes, I guess. I think this is really solid. I'm not quite in, in love with it as JD, but um, I did enjoy it. It has some uh, really good messages, and I absolutely love uh, the D&D reference, particularly the – so I guess the gelatinous cube is the MVP for me um, because it's not only an accurate D&D reference, but it's a pretty obscure one. So I just appreciate their attention to detail there, and I, I, I like the movie. It's solid. Eight out of ten capes. Cool. Um, so as I stated in the beginning, um, it is definitely Frozen for Boys, um, 
And again, if you've got kids, grandkids, yeah, yeah, definitely watch this movie with them. Um, they lose points because of the, the stepfather, uh, in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, using a, using, using a stepfather as a, um, plot device, it's just not, not cool, guys. We're, we're people too. We have feelings. Uh, <laughs> you must not like the Sandlot and, cause Dennis Leary was put in the same role as a stepfather. It was just. I- doesn't he, he redeems this. He, his character gets a big redemption though at the end. Like they, they actually wind up with a good relationship, right? Am I thinking of the right movie? Well, they, they do because yeah. And he loses his Babe Ruth ball and not right. only gets that back, but he gets one with Babe Ruth and everybody else. So it's like, it's like my son uh, loses uh $20, but then brings me a thousand. It's like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you did wrong. But, uh, but yeah. Um, then and he, you know, he became a, a sports talk person uh, right analyst so yeah so you got it yep see uh we're good guys <laughs> i'm telling you uh so i will give it hmm i'm going to go in between you guys i'm going to give it an 8.5 guinevere's <laughs> uh and highly recommend it again if you've especially if you've got kids and grandkids um you don't know what to do right now and you're unsure um how to keep them occupied. This will at least give you two hours of entertainment. Make some popcorn. They will sit through it and love it. I promise. So. Did you have a beater van back in the day? No, no, no. I never had a beater oh, van. But That's, uh, that's disappointing. <laughs> but if I did, it probably would have a unicorn uh, painted on the side. <laughs> or a dragon. One or the other. Uh, <laughs> what a time that must have been to be alive. Where, like, that was a good idea. Like, yeah, put a badass wizard on no no i don't know if that was ever it a was good idea. it was never a good idea but people <laughs> did it all right all right i think we can wrap it up this week um we have we'll, we'll have recommendations um don so so go ahead and plug your your podcast and uh any recommendations you have for the listeners yeah absolutely so um we are you know we just got done with our 11th episode of the house of d podcast so you can find that on Podbean or the um apple podcast app i actually do uh broadcast it on twitch live when we actually record it no theme music or nothing but you can check that out at uh twitch.tv uh, slash uh, dscore72. Um, in our last episode, we had a uh, battle that will never happen, Madara Uchiha uh, versus Sephiroth guys. So uh, please, if you could go over to uh, my new uh, House of D Twitter, not very, very many followers yet. We are a humble podcast. We are growing. But if you could go uh, to the House of D pod one, so at the House of D pod one guys, um, we have show content on there. I share news articles and, and whatnot, but we have a poll guys that I really would like your, um, you know, your participation in help us decide who would win, uh, Madara Uchiha or Sephiroth. We do talk about that in episode 11 of the podcast. So you can check that out as well. If you want to hear a breakdown of their power sets and, um, a lot of discussion around, you know, what they have access to and, and who we think would win. So last time I checked, it was 50-50. So um, please, guys, go over there, check us out, and vote in my poll. Thank you very much. Cool. JD. And, of course, oh. SuperheroSpeak.com. I'm sorry about that. My <laughs> review's on SuperheroSpeak.com. I got to plug for the boss here. Oh, Let's okay. me plug my stuff. I got to do. <laughs> That's fine. Um, how about you, JD? Any recommendations for the listeners? Yes, as long as we're shamelessly self-promoting, I'll never miss <laughs> yes. this opportunity to do that. 
uh, Books of Jericho on Amazon right now. People kind of locked, sitting out, locked down, can't do much. I got four books that you can read available on Amazon. Um, one traditional horror book, Harvest Moon. The rest of them, the Books of Jericho, a little supernatural thriller action for you. Just uh, if you can't find them, look up my name, J.D. Oliva, O-L-I-V-A, on Amazon. Hey, and I'll, hey, D-Square here, you know, hey, check those books out. I love the character Jericho. and Thanks, I, man. I think you will, too. So really cool stuff. Thanks, brother. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. Well, uh, it's the love fest continues. All right. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, in this world, got to spread it. Yeah, well, wait, hold on. No, we don't want to spread it. Oh. Social distancing. Double entendres get you today. That's like five. That's like five entendres right now. My brain looks like three different things. Uh, all right, I recommend. Make sure you don't you check out superherospeak.com uh, for the podcast every week, and of course, comic book reviews by our good friend D Square. Um, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to get back to putting news on there. Uh, uh, it's well, been a bad news is coronavirus weeks. right now. Yeah, that, that, so. that is true. Um, also, uh, I have started watching – I've never watched the show before. I've started watching Community on Netflix. So if you've got nothing better to do, I recommend it. It's, you know, um, it's actually pretty good. I, I Joe McHale, uh, um, who else is in it? Uh, Jimmy Chase. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty funny. So um, No Tiger King? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I see all the memes on 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 Facebook, and I'm like, yeah. I can't, I can't do it. I just, I can't. Yeah, same. What's down? I, I'm never gonna see. I, it. I, I, I gave it one episode. Wife loves it. I, 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 I have a, I, I wouldn't say hatred, but uh, I, a disdain for most reality television. And then when they put the worst of the worst on TV and yeah. act like it's entertainment, I'm like, no. No, it's it to me. It's that's how you feel better about yourself by watching people like that. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah. I don't need that. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna put cameras on shitty people. Watch it, will you? Yeah. Uh, oh my god. Just like here comes Honey Boo Boo. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. On that note, boys and girls, as always, thanks for listening. And don't let your cape caught in the door. Have a good week.